3: Your hands.
1: Good morning and welcome to Tuesday Breakfast. It's seven a.m. on Tuesday, the nineteenth of September. My name is Ifko, and I'm joined in the studio today with Carnegie and Fung. Good morning.
4: Good morning. Good morning.
1: How are, you? How are we all? Wonderful. How are you guys? yeah (laughs) (laughs) um for those at home in the studio today everyone's wearing their best summer outfits it's very exciting to walk in and see uh not big woolen jumpers and etc yeah I mean
0: technically I did wear a big woolen jumper (laughs) because I live in fear of the cold and I don't trust the weather app or Melbourne in general so
2: I don't either but I was like you know what I'm just gonna I'm gonna do it anyway. No no jumpers, <laughs> just short
1: sleeves. Good for you. <laughs> mm. I respect that. Mm-hmm. Did anyone make the most of the weather this weekend?
0: Absolutely. Um I basically spent the whole weekend outdoors. It was incredible. I feel like rejuvenated. I feel like my body has like soaked in like every ounce of sun humanly possible. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great yeah I was
2: the same as well and it's just so nice like being outside and seeing lots of people also doing the same yeah. thing um just makes you feel good so yeah definitely ready for ready for a new season oh
0: certainly
1: yeah I feel like it always comes just at that like desperate moment when you need it the most Shall we go through what's on today's show
0: yeah absolutely
1: uh We thought we'd start the show this morning um, with a bit of a music special featuring First Nations artists following on from the Yes marches that happened around the country over the weekend. Then at
0: 7.30 we're speaking with a local resident of Footscray, Angela Ashley True, who is part of a group of people campaigning to make good use of the old Footscray hospital site, which will soon become defunct. And after that, we'll be speaking with Lisa Depella from OCEAN,
2: which stands for Otway Climate Emergency Action Network. And Lisa will join us on the show to speak about the recent rally for whales, not gas, that happened on Friday and to talk about the campaign to stop seismic blasting.
0: And then we'll be speaking with Dr. Miranda Lai, who is a Senior Lecturer in Translating and Interpreting at RMIT. Uh, Miranda has led really incredible research recently that's led to the creation of a resource um, of a multilingual terminology that will um, is meant for hundreds of um, different languages of LGBTQ people to be able to have the language to express themselves. And
2: then finally, we'll be finishing up with... A- interview with Aman Alush, who is the organiser of the event Global Grooves, which is a multi-genre party night for women showcasing um, female talent. So that's going to be a fun interview to end on today.
1: It's a pretty jam-packed show today and we will be right back with the news headlines after these messages. <laughs>
3: LGBTQIA plus people
5: that's come from a large history of people standing up and acting up for our rights and
2: our communities.
6: Talking Queer Pacifica, talking about us.
2: You know, this very like violent act of like hatred and bigotry towards trans people when they demonize the image of trans people
6: especially trans women. For working-class queers, for queers of color,
7: for those who are poor and homeless, the struggle is
1: Continuing, through CR, stay tuned, stay radical.
0: Welcome back to Tuesday Breakfast. These are your news headlines for this morning, Tuesday the 19th of September. Supporters of the Yes campaign for the 14th of October referendum on an Indigenous voice to parliament made sure they were heard on this weekend um, at rallies and marches across the country. The rally in Melbourne took place on Sunday, the 17th of September, where it's estimated that around 60,000 supporters of the Voice to Parliament marched from the State Library to Federation Square. For the Voice referendum to pass, there must be a national majority of yes votes and a majority of states voting yes. Victims of domestic violence will get more of the home in property disputes under new laws made to reflect the vulnerability of people escaping abusive relationships. Domestic violence prevention advocate Angela Lynch said women's groups had long called for legal recognition of the financial side to marriage breakdowns due to many women and children being forced into poverty and continuing to experience financial abuse and control after escaping violent settings. According to the draft, the amendments say family violence must be considered in settlements. Providing a clear legislative basis for the recognition of family violence is intended to better support parties' both in and out of court to understand the relevance of family violence to property distribution following separation, it says. This recognizes that family violence is a significant community issue that carries real financial impact and is of increasing relevance to family law property matters. The streamlined set of factors that judges must consider in cases will include a child's safety, their views, the benefit of having relationships with both parents and the child's development, psychological, emotional, and cultural needs. A new fly-in and fly-out women's legal service will be launched in Western Australia. It will be launched to support survivors of domestic violence in regional WA, and this has been um, created to address reports that domestic and family assaults in the Pilbara region have increased by over 200% in the last decade. The service will fly lawyers and social workers from Perth to other areas of WA to help tackle the complex needs that local support services may not have the capacity for. This also highlights the dire need for local and federal governments to address the extremely high rates of family violence in WA. On Friday, Nazis from the National Socialist Network attacked a music event at Cafe Gamo in Northcote. The event was fundraising for an anti-racist research group, the White Rose Collective, and featured bands from around Melbourne. This this came just days after Holocaust-celebrating graffiti was seen in Melbourne's western suburbs. The West has seen swastika stickers and other far-right signs proliferate since the NSN established the headquarters at a nearby gym. The Nazis attempted to intimidate the event-goers but were rapidly chased away by a much larger anti-fascist crowd. CAF is organising a community march to shut down the Nazi gym this Saturday, September 23rd. We'll um, include information to that in our show notes later today as well. In other news,
2: this week marks the first anniversary of Massa Amini's death in police custody, which sparked mass protests across Iran. The government has since quashed street demonstrations through deadly crackdowns and exec- execution threats. Um, but the slogan woman life freedom has become ingrained in Iranian culture and other pushbacks against the strict Islamic laws have been achieved. Um, just a reminder as well that currently in Nam there is a group exhibition called Breakaway um, organized by Feminista Melbourne. It depicts the stories of um, revolution inside Iran against the Islamic Republic. So if you you would like to attend it's on now until the 22nd of september at good shepherd chapel gallery at the abbotsford convent
0: and finally to end um with some good news newcastle firefighters have had to draw on their emergency skills and training as their baby arrived suddenly in a mcdonald's car park the firefighter couple sam and liz were on their way to the hospital when sam's water broke with more than a decade each with fire and rescue new south wales they knew they needed somewhere central with good visibility and space, so they just went to the closest McDonald's car park and the two women delivered the baby in the back of the fire truck with their midwife coaching them over the phone, using their surfboard cover to cover her when she was born. I love that story. <laughs> so that's our news headlines for this morning.
6: Wave death is the symptom of the problem.
7: What we're seeing is obscenely well-remunerated vice-chancellors. It's appalling how badly universities have been treating their casual workers. They want to pretend that they can continue on with business as usual. Well, comrades, we're here to say no. You're listening to Radical Radio on 3CR. 855 on your AM dial, 3CR digital and podcasting and streaming on 3cr.org.au.
1: Uh, This morning we thought we'd start you off with some tracks to ease you into this beautiful spring day. Following on from the Yes marches that happened around the country over the weekend, we thought we'd uh, continue to feature some First Nations voices uh, by sharing their music First up is Fight For Me by Barker and Electric Fields. And just a heads up that there's a language warning on this one.
8: She said, don't leave me here again,
9: ma. I need you more than you could ever understand, ma broken and alone i know we had a broken home stop thinking you need a man ma getting chucked around the system need to take my hand ma wanna go home but you're too selfish on that needle think you bad to the bone was once good but you turned evil and i'm sick of these thoughts was i ever enough it seems that all i was taught but i was always too much and all i want is your love but you don't want to come back yeah you're too sick on that crack to comprehend the impact, I only see you for an hour every couple of weeks. And I'm going through so much trauma, I find it hard to just speak. You touching me in the dark, cause I'm not worthy of love, and i probably turn out like you. Or laying up in a coffin, all I wanted was you. But I wasn't your problem, I guess I gotta figure out my own ways to just solve them Want you to fight for me, like you fight over drugs, want you to fight for me Go ahead and fight for my love, want you to die for me, but you just died on me So now I'm standing in the mirror, feeling real lonely,
3: sorry mummy
9: should have been a mum and now I'm living with regret Cause I passed on my trauma I'm so sorry for the pain But you feel in your heart And if I could take it away I would tear it all apart I tear myself up every day I wish I had my baby back But when push came to shove I didn't have my baby's back I was caught up in the trap I was fronting on your dad And my demons came in masses Was too weak to fight him back Don't blame me for what I did Put blame where it belongs I did bad on my own Having you was never wrong You were a blessing all along too blind to fucking see hating on who i am please don't ever be like me i should have
3: fought for you
9: should have fought for you I should have fought for your love should have been there for you it wasn't fair to you and you're so strong my baby I couldn't compare to you I should have fought for you instead of chasing these drugs I should have fought for you I should have fought for your love should have been there for you it wasn't fair to you and you're so strong my baby I couldn't compare to you
1: That was Fight For Me by Barker and Electric Fields. We're kicking this morning off with uh, some first nations music we're going to play another one for you now Jada Weasel is from the aboriginal community of Warabinda in central Queensland and is now based here in Nam she recently repeat, uh, released her first EP and this next track is from that EP and this song is called inhibitions <laughs>
4: the inhibition, making my decision around. Mm-hmm. put me on a mission, impossible to quit till I'm done, I'm done, is it better to know, or better I don't, I love the power that I could hold, I'm breaking down the borders in. Where the trauma hides, I've tried To find out what you're feeding for, so you
8: need me I'll so give
4: you what you're craving for, so light free Fighting for permission, so freedom is not freedom at all mm-hmm. I write for the mission, the only thing I'm doing is for But you're trying to invite Calls to divide I love my thoughts And black and white Breaking down the border since i state of mind I've been cutting corners tonight But a trauma high What you're feeling
3: for? What you need. So you need me, I'll give you what you're craving for.
4: I'm going stop the bleeding That you made. you See a price I got in you More than on the weekend So my faith in you's a tool Get inside of my head right Get inside my Get inside my head Breaking down the borders Inside my statement I've been cutting corners tonight Where the trauma hides. Tired. I found what for, I can't
0: that was Inhibitions by Jada Weasel. The next track we're going to play is. Uh, by Tassia and Ina Malibu. Tassia is a producer and multi-instrumentalist with a history of playing saxophone in large funk and solo bands in New South Wales. Ina Malibu is a Yolngu, Welsh, Kurdish and Turkish artist based also in New South Wales. The two of them have come together for their debut EP Interlude and this song is called Smoky.
4: Push it down, you push it down, you push it down, you push it, you push it, you push it, you push it down, you push it down, you push it
8: down, you push it.
0: that was Smokey by Tasia and Ina Malibu. I definitely recommend listening to the whole EP interlude. And for our final song for our uh, First Nations music special this morning, we're going to play a Tuesday breakfast favourite. Um, this one is by Spinifex Gum, who is a musical collective based in Cairns. Um, a collaboration between the Indigenous ensemble the Marlia Choir and Felix Revel and Oli McGill from the Cat Empire. This is their song, "Yurala." Down by the
3: loran where
1: the river runs dry is a story that will bring our teardrop to your I, where Long Mac used to call the
3: secret as a colorful sky He could sing and make the black heavens cry
0: Your by spin come. Um, we will be right back with our first interview for this morning after these messages.
10: For fears are Palestinian scarves and they're a symbol of support for justice for the Palestinian people. Buying one will support the last remaining factory in Hebron that makes Fafiyas. And all proceeds from the sales support projects in Palestine, especially Gaza, as well as local solidarity organizations. From the traditional black and white kafir to an array of modern designs. Explore the range and order online or drop by 3CR during business hours. Wear your support for the rights of Palestinians. Go to kaffiyas.org.au that's KUFIYAS.org.au au. a 3CR supporter.
6: Where does the profit your power company makes end up? If you join CoPower, you get to decide where 100% of our revenue goes. So while we work to dismantle the whole broken energy market, our members are building the world they want to live in by supporting strike funds, renewables projects, anti-poverty initiatives, and much more. So change your power company, and then start changing everything else. That's what CoPower is all about.
1: Victorian Energy Fact Sheets and basic plan information documents are available at cooperativepower.org.au. For clear advice on the right plan for you, contact us on 03 9068 6036. A 3CR supporter.
11: Serrated tussock is a noxious weed that has impacted our farmlands and environment across Victoria. Similar in appearance to many native tussock grasses, serrated tussock may go unnoticed in both pastures and native grasslands for many years. Victorian Serrated Tussock Working Party has assisted hundreds of landholders to control this noxious weed and they can assist you by offering a wide range of information and management options for controlling this weed of national significance. Visit serratedtussock.com for more information
1: a 3CR supporter.
0: You're on 3CR Tuesday Breakfast. With a brand new hospital being built in Footscray, the old Footscray Hospital will soon become defunct. A group of local residents has come together to imagine a future for that site that benefits the local community. Angela Ashley True, a local resident and community campaigner, is joining us this morning to tell us more about their campaign. Welcome to Tuesday Breakfast, Angela.
5: Thanks for having me,
0: Thanks for being here. Um, I was wondering if you could start by just giving us a little bit of a background on what's happening with the old Footscray Hospital site.
5: Sure. So, anyone who's come to Footscray would have probably seen, if you've gone up Ballarat Road, this massive new site that's getting built. There's gigantic cranes and there's a gigantic um, new Footscray Hospital that's getting built there, which is going to leave the old site that's currently on Gordon Street. That will be moving over to the new site in 2025, and leaving that huge amount of land um, vacated.
0: Yeah, and it's a it's a big site as well, and it's in a pretty um, important location to Footscray. Um, What i what does your campaign entail? What are you hoping for this site to become?
5: Sure. So um, we were, you know, we going to be coming up in 2025, and that, um, that that land is mostly owned by state government, a bit by council, and we knew that they would be doing a public consultation. We'd, we'd be told that um, close to come to the time, but just with our kind of experience with um what usually is community consultations, usually the kind of government's got some kind of idea of what they want there already in place before they're doing a community consultation. So our idea was to actually do a from, um, you know, the real ground-up community consultation um, Back towards the end of last year, at the start of this year, um, a small group of us came together and decided that we would do our own public consultation. So we did that at the local slow food markets. We did one down in Little Saigon in Footscray and some of the great big arches there and also did one actually on the site itself. Um, asking the community to come along and um, tell us and vote on ideas of what could become of that huge amount of land there um, and there were some themes that we kind of presented so that people could you know, give them some ideas of what might be there. It was addressing things like housing, public um, green space, services, um, what kind of um, spaces they wanted to have around there, how they wanted to be able to get around, if they wanted it to be really kind of car centric, if they wanted people to be able to walk around really freely around there. Um, And so we collated these ideas um, that came from those three consultations and a friend of ours who's an architect um, put them together in an amazing plan um, which we put together and um, started sharing with the public uh, earlier this year. And The whole idea is to really spark conversations. We want the community really, you know, dreaming and getting excited about what is possible for that space so that when um, the government... Uh, public consultation opens, which we believe will be in October. Um, they will have already had some time to really think about what they would like there.
0: That's incredible. I feel like the western suburbs, especially Footscray, have a really strong sense of community to start with, and um, you know, to go right to from a grassroots level and consult with people um, in that capacity is. I feel really important for somewhere like Footscray, particularly. Um, what is some of the feedback that you've received from residents
5: um, in terms of what they'd like there? Yeah, Um, one of the hugest things that really came back that was really popular was really wanting more green space. Like the the west has, you know, historically been a really industrial side of town, um, where the site currently is actually used to be a quarry and there are many sites around um, Footscray in a west area where there are now like kind of parklands, but you might notice that when you you go there after it's been like a few days of rain, the the ground feels really weird and spongy, and it's because they've been like previous quarries that were turned into tips and then backfilled with all sorts of stuff. Um, So even though the river's kind of like, you know, a couple of k down the road that particular area where the hospital is now is like a bit of a concrete wasteland a lot of the residents who live in those surrounding streets desperately want more greenery um so there were some amazing ideas that came up um in the original consultations and one of them was like well you know because the site used to be a quarry before they build anything they're probably going to have to need to um excavate and take out some of those, that, all that toxic landfill that has been there where it used to be a tip. Um, who's to say they actually need to refill that? So on the plan that we had was an idea, I don't know if you've ever been to Newport Lakes, but that's why like, that also used to be a quarry. Um, and the community rallied together there and made sure that it was never turned into a tip and then they've turned it into what is like yeah, an incredible, beautiful oasis in the middle of, of the burbs. Uh, so that was one of the ideas that kind of came there, a real, a real desire for green space and also just spaces and services that uh, all of our really diverse community will be able to enjoy. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that sounds really great. I'm a West Side gal myself, so I know that... Area is so it's so central to um, a part of Footscray that doesn't have a lot of greenery uh, and has you know a lot of concrete and you know the way you describe it, um, I think it could absolutely come alive with some green community space. Um, what do you personally envision for it? I know your campaign's called Reimagining, uh, you know the Footscray old Footscray Hospital. What what does that look like for you?
5: I would love to see it to be a really like, really well-used, vital, vibrant space where community can come together. In terms of the green spaces, I've since found out that there have been a number of times that people have brought up in consultations wanting something like a series in the West, and um, that would be incredible if we could have something like that here. Um, We acknowledged when we were doing the consultation that there was probably going to be, like, it couldn't just be the one thing. That's why we were talking about, you know, what else would you like here and talked about. Different services, and you know, there's, what we don't want to see happen there is for them to just like kind of ram it full of high-rise apartments with kind of no consideration of anything else, but there was definitely, um, we went to the community and said, you know, we're gonna have housing here, what kind of density of housing do we want here? So just for the space to be really kind of thoughtfully planned and for that to be planned with the community. Um, One of the things that we've learned as a group since we've been working on this project and researching is just how that site came to be in the first place. That it was incredible, it's got an incredible history um, that the community actually came together to pull their funds together and actually buy that land. So when we say that's community land, it absolutely is community land. Like the community around here actually put their money together to put a deposit and buy the land. And then they fundraised to create that hospital as well. So we would really like whatever, you know, the ways that that land is developed um, to be, uh, you know, in the line with what the people originally got that land for the community wanted, which is for it to stay with the community and for it to reflect the community's needs.
0: That sounds incredible. And I feel like, um, you know, it will impact Footscray's future in a really positive way if um, it is kept within the community rather than, you know, being sold off to some sort of corporation or, yeah, just having high rises there with no um, further thought behind it. Um Tell us about the upcoming walking tour that's uh, coming up on the 7th, I think, of October. Uh,
5: yeah, so we are um, doing, we thought we would do a little tour. There's a lot of interest in that site and, and the possibilities for it. And since we released the plan, there's been a lot of excitement. Um, so we're going to be doing a little tour Around the public spaces on the on what will be the site that's going to be vacated, and um, we've got some guest speakers who will be telling us a bit about the amazing history of the site, including a woman called Carolyn um, Milburn who wrote a book called um, The People's Hospital Tales from the Surgeon's Table. So that's actually a website Um, and you can go there and there's videos and pictures and interviews of um, people telling the history of the hospital and some of the the amazing tales of how that all kind of came together. Um, You might have heard about um, the psych building there, which is a bit People either seem to love or hate it. Um, yeah. But um, we have John Jovich, who uh, is a real brutalist architecture, self-confessed nerd, and he's been um, a person who's been really crucial to the campaign of um, preserving that building. And so he's going to be sharing a bit about um, its heritage and everything around that. And there's been a lot of amazing community ideas about what, you know, that, that um, building has now been heritage listed. they so love it or hate it, it's going to stay there. Um But there's been lots of ideas um, popping up in the community about, you know, okay, if that's going to be there, what can it be used for and um, what's the suggestions of um, what's the real need in the West for maybe like an art gallery or um, kind of performance space. And so there's some kind of ideas floating around that. Um, We're also going to have a former staff member, patient and resident coming along telling us about our experiences and relationship with the site and also the local residents um coming along so we yeah we're inviting every, everyone's welcome you can book your tickets um through humanities you can just search for footscray hospital walk tour and we've also got a facebook group if you just um search for uh, reimagining old footscray hospital um you can get more information there but yeah for everyone to kind of come in we're you know inviting more people to be engaging with that site, it's not just gonna be for locals. It's you know, it's a really huge site, kind of in a way that like, you know, people will travel across town through the series and it's there. Um, that's what this site will end up eventually being. So we'd like as many people to be engaging with it and find out about it and to to get them, you know, get those creative juices flowing and those visioning and dreaming ideas of what's possible for us as a community going into the future.
0: Absolutely. And I love I love that um, the whole campaign is focused on imagining the future. I feel like, you know, that's not something that gets a lot of focus anymore. I feel like everything is much more, um, you know, practical. So I love that this is, it's about imagining what it could be and identifying its potential for the community.
5: Yeah, absolutely. It's really, it's a really nice change to be able to bring the community together for this, like, idea of visioning yeah you're right It's not something we get to do together too often
0: exactly Angela that's all we have time for this morning but thank you so much for joining us Um, we'd love to have you back on the show as the campaign continues to see how it's progressing
5: yeah we'd love that yeah and hopefully we might even see you down there
0: (laughs) absolutely great thank you so much thank you Angela so that was Footscray resident and campaigner Angela Ashley Chu talking to us about reimagining a better future for the old Footscray Hospital site. You can follow the campaign on Instagram at Reimagining Footscray Hospital and join the Facebook group as well with the same name. We are going to play you a track next. This is American rapper and singer Tierra Wax' track Millions, uh, the Jumbo Mix. I'm making it shake, I'm
10: making it shake, I'm making it shake. shake. I'm making it shake, I'm making it, it be sh- from jumbo got hips, got hips, got hips, got hips, got, mm-hmm. got, yeah. got, got hips, got hips, got hips, got hip, got I'm making it shake, 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 I'm making it shake. Got hips. Got, 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 got. Summertime ride through Philly, we ghosting. Me and my gang, we floating, we focused. I don't want no daily, want no weak emotions. We about to drop, we ready, we loading. I've been giving money so the rent never late. Yellow G shot, I'm faster be late. All white milk, I'm making it shake. I'm making it shake. I'm making it shake. I'm making it shake. I'm making it shake, I'm making it shake, I'm making it got shake, got, got, got hips, hips, got 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 hips I'm making it shake, I'm making it shake, I'm making it shake, oh un- shake, okay, shake aw- make- I'm making it I'm shake, shake, I'm making it shake, I'm making it shake, I'm making it shake, I'm making it shake got Street got hips the car got hips, got hips, got hips tape been done all play, no skips, no got no got Walk in class, got have to do three flips, i am got hips got like sugar and grits. Yeah Nick got the cam, he witnessing greatness Low tolerance, but I'm so high maintenance Chrome high store, we shopping in Vegas Old friends stuck, they shocked, she made it North Philly zone, I'm a guide to the children I play my role as the hero and the villain Y'all want millions, we want billions Y'all want millions, we want trillions I'm making it shake, I'm making it shake, I'm making it shake I'm making it shake, I'm making it shake, I'm making it shake, got hips, 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 got I'm making it shake, 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 got hips
2: That was the song uh, Millions Jumbo Mix by Tiara Wack. On Friday the 15th of September, there was a rally for Wales Not Gas organised by Allies of the Victorian Coast and Extinction Rebellion uh, to join SOPEC, um, Gunditjmara First Nations peoples ocean defenders in their struggle to protect sea country. Joining us this morning to speak about the rally and update us on the campaign against seismic blasting is Lisa DePella from Otway Climate Emergency Action Network, also known as OCEAN. Welcome to 3CR, Lisa.
11: Thank you, Tom.
2: So we, before we chat about Friday's rally, could you start by telling us what seismic blasting is and what the proposal is for the Otway Basin?
11: Okay, well, the proposal for the Otway Basin is to industrialise it. They're basically running out of gas over offshore from Gippsland and they're moving into the Otway Basin. The Otway Basin basically stems from, oh, I suppose the, the west coast, you know, Torquay, or nearly all, well, all the way past the South Australian border. Um, seismic blasting is used to explore for gas and oil deep below the ocean floor. Uh, now, it's an exploration phase of gas development. To do this, uh, they have a large ship that c- covers a title or a permit area. And they cover it, they cover the, the, the title in a grid fashion, going back and forth. And they tow behind the ship guns, air guns that let off massive blasts. And then behind that, they carry an array of receivers. And sometimes the receivers, the line, is 10 kilometres long behind the ship. The blasts that go off behind the ship are 250 decibels, which is horrendously loud. And these blasts go off every 10 seconds, 24 hours a day, often for months on end. The blasts are so powerful they go 10 kilometres below the ocean floor. And then as the ship steams along, doing its um, coverage of the title, those those sound waves or the blast waves go deep down below the ocean floor and bounce back up to the receivers that are behind the ship. And that, that tells the scientists on board uh, what sort of resources might be down there. And obviously they're looking for gas in the Otway Basin. Yeah. Um, I'll just tell you how loud 250 decibels is. It's it um, it's it, it's not even a sound anymore. I shouldn't even say loud because once something gets over to 120 decibels, it's no longer a sound that you can hear with your human ears. Um, it's an explosion, and and uh, I think a um, a jet engine of an aeroplane at, at its source is 120 decibels. But but um, decibels are a logarithmic, so they two hundred and fifty decibels is thousands of times louder. It's a a pretty horrendous sound. It's louder than the Hiroshima bomb, and thousands and thousands of times louder than the loudest whale call.
2: Yeah, that that sounds so um, horrific, and something that you know, we can't even really comprehend. Um, and so, you know, by comparing it to the Hiroshima bomb, I mean, that sounds so awful and terrifying. Um, can you... in
11: seconds. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: And 24 hours a day. Um, Lisa, I was wondering if you could tell us more about the impact that this seismic blasting will have on the environment, um, especially on the marine life in the area.
11: Okay, look, we've got lots of scientific evidence that it does have an impact. But not enough. It's a very under-researched area, and and I, it's obviously intentional. You know, it's very hard for um, your average scientist to go out and test about seismic blasting and what it does. You basically need to own a seismic ship, which is worth millions and millions of dollars. So, uh, you know, there, there's definitely a, a a lack of science. But what we do know is it definitely impacts the the breeding, the feeding and the migration of our whales. And our whales come to the, bon- uh, to the um, Otway Basin to, to feed because it's such a rich area. Um, they, When they start doing seismic blasting, they do a slow start-up, they call it, to, to basically scare the fish away, the fish that can move, the fish and the dolphins and whales that can move. But I, I have a friend who was a marine um, observer on one of these seismic ships and she said the the critters just get really confused and sometimes swim towards the ship rather than away. Um, it, it impacts zooplankton, which is, you know, it's not just whale food and krill. Uh, zooplankton is the, the biodiversity in our ocean um, and... Every blast, there has been some science done on this, every blast kills zooplankton for at least 1.2 kilometres. They haven't tested beyond that. It it damages and kills zooplankton. Now, this is whale food. And um, I'll give you an example. Um, The southern rock lobster spends two years, the first two years of its life, uh, a juvenile stage, as zooplankton. There are so many critters in the ocean that spend some stage of their life as zooplankton and here we are blasting every 10 seconds or these ships are blasting every 10 seconds and uh, destroying zooplankton for 1.2 kilometers um when you combine that with the tide going in a east and west direction across the bottom of australia at about four or five knots um it isn't just that tidal area that has been blasted and depleted of um, of zooplankton because the tide has been acting as a conveyor belt. So we're actu- actually doing devastating damage to an ocean that is already struggling. It's already struggling with, with climate change, acidification. Um, they're predicting that our southern ocean will be 2.5 degrees warmer than usual this summer. And, look, that scares the bejesus out of me
2: yeah that's terrifying. um yeah. and you know and and as well, like it it we, we spoke on the show um a few weeks ago about Victoria's decision to move away from gas. So it seems um, it it's doesn't make any sense that where you know there's um seismic blasting being proposed in order to look for gas.
11: No, They're looking for gas that's 200 kilometres mm. out to sea and in 5.5 kilometres deep, it would be decades before we this gas would be in production. So it's just bonkers. Mm. It's needless destruction of a, an already struggling environment.
2: Lisa, we only have time for one more question. Um, so I just wanted to um, ask you how Friday's rally went. Um, you spoke at this rally alongside um, Tony Gleeson and also Gunditjmara woman Yaren Bundle um, from SOPEC. So could you um, sa- share some of the main talking points um, from, from this event?
11: Yeah, well, it was terrific to see Yaron come up, the big effort for her to come up to the city and and lead that march and speak to everybody about her connection with the ocean. And the southern right whale, um, Yaren is a whale dreamer and she spoke about the importance of looking after the habitat of um, of the southern right whale in the Otway Basin. Um, yeah, it was very moving and um, and she speaks from the heart when she speaks. And she, she No notes with Yaren. She doesn't have a piece of paper when she's reading it. She just speaks from her heart and she's always amazing and I have so much respect. For Yaran and the Gunditjmara folks that are trying to protect their sea country, um, they're just getting hammered at the moment. The traditional owners are, um, you know, <laughs> unlike all these people that work for these gas and oil companies that get paid huge amounts of money. Um, you know, Yarran's not getting paid for any of this, and and yet they they are expected to. Um, voice their concerns and try and protect their ocean. And they're being consulted by these companies. And, um, yeah, there's certainly a lot going wrong at the moment.
2: Yeah. And so one more thing, actually, Lisa, could you tell listeners if they would like to support the campaign or keep up with um, with this fight, uh, where can they go for more information?
11: They can come to Ocean. Uh, we have a website. It's pretty easy. It's ocean.org.au. Don't forget the AU. And um, we've got plenty of information there. You can join up. And I we're, we're planning a summer to stop seismic. So there'll be plenty of action along the coast.
2: Great. Thank you so much for that, Lisa. And hopefully we can get you back on the show to talk about that. Um, but for now, thanks for joining us on 3CR Breakfast.
11: That would be great. Thank you from
2: That was Lisa Depella from OCEAN, which is the Otway Climate Emergency Action Network, speaking about the campaign to stop seismic blasting in the seas of Victoria, as well as the rally that was held last Friday. So to follow the campaign updates and find out more about this climate action, you can head to ocean.org. Dot au, um, and we're now going to jump into a, another song this is another favourite of our show it's by um, Canadian DJ uh, Jada G and this is her song Orca's Reprise
0: That was Orca's reprise by uh, Jada G, um, a song we love to play here on 3CR to soothe you into your Tuesday morning. Dr. Miranda Lai is a senior lecturer in translating and interpreting at RMIT. She is joining us on the show this morning to tell us about a multilingual terminology resource she has developed that contains hundreds of LGBTQIA plus terms in other languages. Welcome to 3CR, Miranda. Good morning. Good morning, how are you today?
6: I'm very good,
0: thanks. Um, It's great to have you on the show. Uh, Could you start by just telling us a little bit about the research that sort of led to the creation of this project and just how it came about?
6: Mm. Um, We identified an opportunity to respond to the intersectionality of language, culture, and gender diversity, so basically, kind of from two perspectives one is the LGBTIQA+ plus community members particularly from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds we want them to be able to express themselves their identities unhindered so that's one perspective the other perspective is i mean i'm from the intervening and translating discipline Therefore, um, we found that a lot of our practitioners, when they are in their line of work, when they come across the topic, they find that there were very few resources that they were able to consult, and they use inclusive and respectful langu- language. And that was the kind of the inception of how um, we started this journey.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that there haven't been very many resou- resources like this at all. Um, why do you mm. think that is?
6: I suppose it is a little bit of a hard basket, if I could put it this way, because um, the LGBTIQA plus terminology itself, I mean, even if we talk about English, it is ever evolving. It changes all the time. What someone used, say, five years ago might not be considered respectful or it might be outdated, you know, five years later. So it's ever-changing, ever-evolving. And also if you consider the nature of translation into a a different language, we know that languages um, develop at different paces um, some concepts that now we take for granted, say in English, might not exist in another language, or you might have way to describe the concept using you know your available words in a different language. But whether the concept that you describe makes sense is another matter. So it is actually very hard. Language is not black and white. Um, you know, it's not mathematics to and two is for that sort of thing therefore it really takes people to sit down think about the meaning and then find a way to express it in the target language and also the spirit of the project really is we want it to be inclusive and respectful that also takes a lot of energy to at the end come up with um, the target language glossary. So so coming back to your question, I think it is a little bit of a too hard basket that people are kind of resistant to putting the hard yards, I suppose.
0: Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, language mm-hmm. is really complex. And, um, you know, I think that a resource like this is really important in terms of, you know, people who speak different languages being able mm-hmm. to understand themselves better. You know, mm-hmm. can you can you talk a little bit about how language is important in being able to understand and express yourself? Yeah,
6: it, it is extremely important. Some of the participants to our project, um, all they, they have been very very kind, sharing their experiences. And one thing that we learn from the participants is that they say, oh, why do I have to use English to express myself? So from that, we really um, kind of sense that people have the right to talk talk about themselves, express their identity, their gender orientation and whatnot, if they choose to say it in their own language. But if there is a lack of resources that you can call on for doing so, that really is um, a kind of hindrance. So that I think um, once when you have the tool, then you feel much more empowered that you express yourself freely in your own language. I think that's a really fantastic thing. That we talk about empowering people, this is precisely one way we could do so.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's super important, and I feel like um, for people who speak a number of languages, and you know, for who for whom like Western culture is not their dominant main culture Mm, it can be yeah language can be actually quite alienating and English Mm -hmm. particularly I think can be quite limiting in Mm -hmm. um, in its expressions Um, Mm. what have you found what 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 is some of the feedback from your participants what have what have they said in terms of how this has um, helped
1: them
6: Hmm. Um, yes, overwhelmingly very positive. Even the fact that we start to pay attention to this topic. We start to pay attention to um, creating resources in different languages for them to be able to use it. And People are all very, very positive and I feel really heartened by the feedback that we've received. So um, I suppose... Uh, indeed, it, it, it really is important for us to understand the language difference. I mean, yes, um, you refer to uh, English being limited, and people need to be, and I also talked about it, people need to be able to express themselves in their own language. But in a funny way, that a lot of times concepts in English, um, only because the language probably is able to articulate it clearer, better. Um, if you translate it into a, a different language, we say that, you know, okay, say, for example, um, these days we, we don't refer to people as homosexual. It is much better that we say someone is gay. But then if you look at the target language, sometimes the two words, they they are not distinguishable. The target language is the same word. So how do you deal with it? That is, again, I come back to the argument of you know two half basket languages develop at different paces. Therefore, um, in your source language, we are talking about English. We now have to, we are able to distinguish a way of respectful way or a less so way of saying something. But then in the target language, sometimes you don't really have, you don't, you are unable to distinguish the, the, the two terms. Uh, very difficult in a nutshell.
0: Yeah, it sounds really complex, but... (laughs) It is. I feel like, you know, this is a really good start, and once these resources start to exist, um, Mm -hmm. I guess that will provide an avenue for the language to evolve Mm -hmm. over time. Exactly.
6: That's a very good way of putting it.
0: So what languages currently uh, are on this particular resource?
6: Yes, we um, have collated... Of course, starting from English and then um, you have Korean, Chinese, the two versions. So simplified Chinese and traditional Chinese. And we have Spanish, we have Thai and we have Vietnamese. And also we couldn't forget Arabic. So we have seven languages featured on our website. Not only do we have glossaries in these languages we have fully converted the whole website into these seven languages so if community members want to come to the website they can actually go to their own language to explore the website
0: amazing and how did you start mm-hmm. how did you choose to start with these particular languages and are you planning to add mm-hmm. more
6: we are definitely planning to add more we were actually very ambitious at the beginning. We wanted to do many more languages. But um it is also interesting and it is also learning in the process that um some languages apart from the ones that eventually we are able to feature, for example, we wanted to do say Indonesian, we want to do we wanted to do um Portuguese, Turkish, Tamil, because from our research we we knew that these um, were the languages that might be in need, but then we weren't able to, for those languages that we haven't done, we weren't able to get enough community members to participate. So that is yet again a very interesting um, perspective that people probably feel a little bit hesitant to come and participate. So we had to drop a number of languages at the end. But Again, coming back to your question, absolutely. We want to be able to expand the current uh, collection of languages and just keep growing. Um, The more we can do, the better. But, of course, we have to go around and look for funding. That's also very important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And where where can people um, Mm -hmm. find out more and access the resource?
6: Sure. Please come to our website. I would give you my best radio voice. (laughs) It's in all in one word, org. That's our website.
0: Amazing. We will also link to that in our uh-huh. show notes later today so our listeners can access it. Miranda, that's all we have time for this morning, but thank you Hello. so much for joining us on 3CR Breakfast. Hopefully, as the resource expands, we can have you mm. back to talk some more about how it's going.
6: Love to. Really thankful for your interest in the topic.
0: No, thank you so much, Miranda.
6: Okay, thank you. Bye-bye.
0: So that was RMIT researcher Dr. Miranda Lai on a new online resource containing multilingual LGBTQIA terminology. You can find out more at rainbowterminology.org. We will be right back with our final interview after this.
10: This is PX
1: Fano on 3CR 855 AM Community Radio, the voices of our community, talking Kwe Pacifika, talking us. Saturday afternoons, 1.30 to 2 o'clock, only on 3CR.
6: Join us as we share the stories of our diverse people, from arts and culture to news and opinions and information about our community, for our community.
0: As a collective, we are all proud Pacifica diaspora, advocating for our people from the LGBTQA plus spectrum. This
6: is presented by the Pacific X Collective and produced on Wurundjeri land in the studios of 3CR in NAM, Melbourne.
9: So it's up to us, the people,
11: we need a treaty in this country. We need the end to the war in this country. And the only way we can do that is through a peace treaty, not the one you see in Victoria, not the one you see in Queensland, not the one you see in the Northern Territory. Because they talk treaty and still lock our people up. They still kill our people. They still desecrate our land and our water. A treaty means peace. A treaty means equality. And a treaty means justice. Thank you.
7: You're listening to Radical Radio on 3CR. 855 on your AM dial, 3CR digital and podcasting and streaming on 3cr.org.au.
2: Welcome back to 3CR Breakfast. We are now joined by Iman Alush, who is a naturopath, podcaster, dancer, MC, and organiser of the event Global Grooves, a multi-genre party night for women showcasing female talent. Iman is on 3CR this morning to tell us more about the event. Welcome to 3CR.
7: Hello. Thank you for having me.
2: Iman, can you start by telling us about your connection to music and dance?
7: Yeah, sure. So growing up, uh, I guess, as a first generation uh, Lebanese Australian, so my parents came here as migrants and sort of, you know, growing up in our culture and sort of music um, getting together for food, dance, celebrating with music and dance and people get married um, during different events is very common for us. So there was always that connection to music and dance and I always, was very drawn to it. Um, but I didn't always find myself, uh, I didn't always find that, that safe spaces were accessible for me um, to dance. So the older I got, the more I wanted to explore um, dance in different genres. And about a year and a half ago, I started uh, taking classes in Afro dance. I started doing a little bit of Jamaican dance hall and I dabbled into heel dance as well. Um, and I was enjoying it so much, but uh, yeah that, that sort of feeling of not enough safe spaces for women to um, dance or to party together was something that I felt really was missing. Um, and one day I decided maybe I'm going to start an initiative um, where women can get together and dance to all the genres that I want to dance to all under one roof. Um, so I'm talking, you know, R&B, hip-hop, Afro, um, dancehall, reggaeton and Arabic and Turkish music um, because I have a lot of friends um, that dance to those genres as well. And I did a little bit of a pilot start, or a pilot event on the 8th of July. So that was my first event and I was so shocked to have 125 people there. <laughs> so um, that was like my first little experience or sort of dip in the ocean um, and the feedback was absolutely incredible. Um, and a lot of the feedback was also from women that had never been to an event like that or in a space like that and said that they felt um, so comfortable to, you know, be as they are. Uh, They weren't worried if someone was hitting on them or, you know, um, if someone was feeling up on them while they were dancing and things like that. So it was just really, it felt really special to be able to provide a space where, um, you know, women are really comfortable to just express themselves wholly. Um, but also to be able to meet other other women and other people in our sort of local area. So what was really important for me in organising these events was also supporting like local talent. Um, and so we had a couple of performances at our first event, but um, I've got my second event coming up soon and um, there's going to be like three performances and all of the um, different sort of businesses that I'm working with are all um, sort of female-led. So it's just really nice to be able to, um, yeah, support all this different sort of local talent across Melbourne and to be able to work with other women that are doing amazing things.
2: Yeah, that sounds so incredible, Iman. And I definitely understand that need and that want for spaces where like you said women can just express themselves and have a really good time without having to worry um about their own safety because um, I feel like yeah. that does take away from a lot of the fun that you can have um at, at parties and and other events like this so that sounds great um what can people expect from Global Grooves 2.0? Yeah so Global Groove 2.0
7: is much bigger and better um, than 1.0. Um, so what's going to be happening on the night is we're going to be having an amazing DJ um, on the deck, sort of um, mixing all of those different genres together. Um, there's going to be entrees and dinner. So um, people will be fed um, and there will be plenty of um, non-alcoholic drinks as well. Um, so people will be fed. There will be some dessert to be shared as well. Um, there is going to be a couple of performances on the night. So there will be um, an Afro performance with one of my teachers and her students. Uh, there will be a ballet dancing performance. And I will be performing with one of my friends. Um, uh, with like, a, It'll be like a, a dance hall performance. So that's super exciting. Um, and there's going to be sort of a lot of indoor entertainment. So uh, we've got Sparks events who is a awesome business that's sort of sponsoring our event and they're doing lots of indoor fireworks. Um, they're, going to, they're going to provide CO2 you know, guns, glow sticks, like just lots of really um, fun indoor sort of light work. Um, so there's going to be lots of that. Um, but mostly there's lots of dancing pretty much the majority of the night um, and there will also be a 360 photo booth. So for people that you know want to get their really cute photos in, their videos in, Um, That's sort of, you know, a lot of what's going to be happening on the night um, with really consistent tunes playing. So people can mingle, people can dance, people can eat. Um, It's kind of a little bit of a package of everything. Um, And the doors will open at 6.30. So this is on the uh, Friday the 13th, so 13th of October. It's at 6.30. It's at Layla Reception in Brunswick. And then we'll officially be kicking
2: off at 7.30 um, all the way through till midnight. So, um, yeah, big night of lots of fun. Yeah, great. That sounds that so sounds much fun and um, something for everyone there. Um, can you talk a bit about the importance of creating this community of, of women? What has it meant to you personally to be able to put on these events for people who, like you, um, want a safe space to enjoy themselves and, and express themselves?
7: Yeah. Look, it's something that is really close to my heart and something that I wanted to do for a long time. You know, for for women from all walks of life, um, and and I really sort of stress that whenever I talk about this event, sort of in the online space, like this is for everyone, but obviously coming from my background, um, I I really did want to create a safe space, especially for women from my community. Um, You know, I wear a hijab. And to be able to go to an event... Um, and to be able to uncover and, and dress um, in, a, in a really in a way that you're really comfortable to dance and move um, is really uncommon. So um, you know being able to provide that space for women that wear a hijab is really special um, and that uh, ma- that's actually catered to a lot of women who may not have come otherwise. Um, so yeah, that, that's something that I've sort of made really clear that I'm offering. but also yeah, women that don't necessarily go clubbing which is really really common. Um, you know, in the Muslim faith, but, you know, I've got a lot of friends that also don't go clubbing for other reasons as well from other faiths and backgrounds. Um, so people that don't necessarily drink or um, like to be around people that are heavily intoxicated, sort of really catering to people that, um, you know, have some of these values. Um, and again, that, that safety aspect. So um, a lot of women definitely uh, from my community and from my background um, need these spaces, but um, I've opened it up for women who want these spaces from from all walks and all backgrounds because I think, you know, a, a lot of women um, can resonate with this sort of initiative um, and, yeah, and, and should have that that access as well to something that's different.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, and so what would you like to see from the dance music space in this city in the future?
7: That's a great question. Um, and I think definitely more sort of uh, inclusive spaces um, would be amazing. Like, I know that um, there are already sort of lots of events that are becoming female-led and things like that in Melbourne. Um, But I would love to see um, more sort of venues and spaces um, just being a little bit more inclusive towards, you know, different cultural backgrounds, uh, different religious backgrounds um, and seeing how they can work with people from those communities to create those spaces. Like, I think Um, community engagement is so important and sometimes you don't always know there's a need there unless you, um, you know, uh, speak about it and talk to people from those spaces and look at ways that you can create change. Um, So, yeah, I would love to work a little bit more with people that are kind of in this event space um, and in the party space and see how they can um, accommodate for nights like this, even if, you know, they're not very frequent. Um, I still think that having something there... Um, is going to be so beneficial for the wider community,
2: for sure. And you know, you you said this before, like you you weren't really sure what you were expecting by putting on yeah. your first Global Grooves and yet, you know, over 100 people came. So there is, that does say that there is a definite need for this in, within the within the wider community. So, yeah, I echo your sentiment there, Iman, about um, the need for more inclusive spaces um, and bringing in community to actually ask what, what people want because, um, yeah, uh, without, you know, asking, you don't really know what, what is needed um, yeah. and, yeah, there's always, I think, room for for these sorts of spaces and and this sort of industry to grow. Um, before yeah. you go this morning, Iman, can you just remind listeners once again about the details of your event?
11: Yes. So
7: Global Groove 2.0, you can find us on Instagram at global underscore, underscore groove underscore events. Um, our next event is called Freaky Friday. So it's on Friday the 13th of October. Doors will be opening at 6.30pm, but the night officially starts at 7.30pm and it's at Layla Reception in Brunswick. It's heaps of parking around, so that's usually a bonus. Um, and we will be going the entire night until about 12am. So I'm so excited. I cannot wait to see any, um, any of you there. Um, If anyone has questions, they're also more than welcome to DM me on the Instagram page and I'm more than
2: happy to help. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us this morning, Iman, and all the best with your event.
7: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
2: So we've been chatting with Iman Alush about her event Global Grooves taking place in Brunswick on the 13th of October. For more information about the party, you can follow their Instagram page at global underscore grooves underscore events or refer to our show notes later this morning. We'll be back with a roundup of our show right after this. I looked into her big blue eyes, this is what I saw
5: October is the month for all your country and Americana good times. Asleep at the Wheel, Thornby Theatre with Summer Dean on the 13th. Melissa Carper, Brunswick Ballroom on the 16th. Willie Watson at the Mimo Music Hall on the 19th. Thornby Theatre on the 20th. And Menian Town Hall on the 21st. Jenny Don't and the Spurs. The Pink Stones and the Burrs Band play Brunswick Ballroom on the 12th. And the Barwon Club Geelong on the 13th. All this and more this October. Love Police supports 3CR. Wage
4: death
6: is the symptom of the problem. What we're seeing is
7: obscenely well remunerated Vice Chancellors. It's appalling how badly universities have been treating their casual workers. They want to pretend that they can continue on with business as usual. Well, comrades, we're here to say no. You're listening to Radical Radio on 3CR. 855 on your AM dial, 3CR digital and podcasting and streaming on 3cr.org.au.
1: So we are at the end of our show this morning, uh, which was jam-packed. We will take you through what we did. We started this morning uh, with a First Nations music special following on from the Yes marches that occurred this weekend. So just took you through some of our favourite tracks from First Nations artists.
0: We then spoke with Footscray resident Angela Ashley too on the upcoming uh, community campaign to reimagine a better future for the old Footscray hospital site.
2: After that, we spoke with Lisa DePella from Ocean Otway Climate Emergency At- Action Network to speak about um, the campaign fighting against seismic blasting uh, off the coast of Victoria, as well as the Whales Not Gas rally that took place on Friday.
0: We then spoke with RMIT researcher Dr Miranda Lai on a new online resource, rainbowterminology.org, containing multilingual LGBTQIA terminology. And finally, we
2: spoke with Iman Aloush, who is the organiser of the event Global Grooves, which is a multi-genre party night for women showcasing female talent. And just a reminder, that event is taking place in Brunswick on the 13th of October.
1: Thank you for joining us on Breakfast this morning. Uh, we are on 3CR. Stay locked to 8.55am. And up next is Accent of Women. 3CR Breakfast would like to thank the New International Bookshop, Melbourne's independent Radical bookstore and venue, for their financial support of this program. You can find NIBS in the basement of Trades Hall in Victoria Street, Carlton. And while you're there, check out Radical Coffee, a worker-run cooperative cafe in the courtyard. Keep up to date with upcoming events at nibs.org.au.